Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Theater in College Hoops. I'm Subi. Alongside me is Taylor Damel and the Shark. We're brought to you by Dash Radio and the Barnburner Podcast Network. Go subscribe on whichever device you use. I actually heard Kenton Paulino, former player for Texas, subscribe, so you should as well. Check out the website at thebarnburner.com. That's the-barnburner.com. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at CBB Theater. You should also follow me at Subi232 to find out where the feet is and make sure to follow Taylor at Taylor Damel and the shark at the underscore shark underscore BB. Let's open the curtains. So, you know, fellas, I had a pretty brutal weekend to kick off March. Let me explain why. Yeah, you, you guys ever seen 40 Days and 40 Nights with Josh Hartnett? I yes. I no, I have not. I, I right. gather I gather the concept, I think, though. You know? So. Yeah. So he's given up sex for Lent, essentially. And so this is why I liken it to that movie, because he's so close to finishing his pledge. But his devil woman of an ex-girlfriend in his sleep has sex with him, essentially just to to spite him and to make sure that he doesn't finish his quest of celibacy. And so he, he, he eventually busts his nut, but it's a terrible nut. And so the reason why this is my experience is because I've worked so hard 
and and prepped and logged the hours, minutes, whatever you want to say for March. And the first weekend of March, I mean, I technically busted my nut, but it was terrible. It was awful for me, fellas. Right. So I had two Jerome team lose, two Jerome teams lose, excuse me, in their title game uh, on last second shots. We had Murray State, the backdoor cut, Pete Carrill. I mean, what the hell are we doing here, Murray State? All you got to do is see the man, see the ball, literally. And then SDSU, Sharks boy, Sam Merrill, hug for the shark. I mean, you're pumping your fist over there, Taylor. I'm, I'm hurt. That's two That's two Jerome teams that should have won. I mean, I know I get points for them actually being in the title game, but they got they got stolen from me. And then, of course, Arizona got blasted on senior day uh, by the worst team in the Pac-12. What the fuck? And then if we go to the pros, the Celtics can't uh, apparently – hold a one point lead with 13 seconds left. So it, it was just a really rough stretch for me to begin March. You know, I, I don't have it all right in front of me in terms of the scoring, but I feel like my Jerome picks did okay, specifically because Hampton made the final and, you know, that's worth a couple of points there. Really the thing that saved me is San Diego state losing. Cause I had Colorado state who literally lost like five minutes after we got done recording the, the last year on podcast. So San Diego state not winning. Cause I'm pretty sure. What would you say? 75% of people took San Diego state. So I, I needed them to lose. So my Belmont Bruins beat your Murray state racers. Uh, that was a big one for me as well. Shark, how you feeling about it? I'm just hoping we never have to get into that metaphor that Subi led. <laughs> yeah, yes, actually led, I agree. Uh, just repulsive. And, uh, Still reacting from that, but I, Soup, take it easy, man. Like, what? What? Your life isn't all that bad. Your fanhood's not that bad. Like, you lost two Jerome picks, and Arizona lost a game, and they're still going to make the tournament. Are you kidding me? Uh, I haven't had Boston College hasn't made a tournament in a decade. Tennessee had the greatest team of this century, and they didn't make it. They won a made it to a Sweet Sixteen game. They didn't win an SEC title. They didn't do any of that. They didn't. We've been to the Elite Eight once as a program. The Redskins have never won 11 games pretty much in my lifetime. Spare me. All right. You lost two drone games. I'm sorry. You you can't pick them quite like I did with my guy, Sammy Merrill. Lighten it up. By the way, I was the only one on Utah State. You saw those tweets I sent out. Well-timed Saturday tweets. Hours before that tip-off, I announced that Sammy Merrill was going to be on the national platform, a la Jimmer Fredette. The sheep college basketball fan, the water cooler fan, he was going to learn this name, Sam Merrill. And I tell you what, they're learning that name. That guy, NBA player, he is electric. That step back was insane. And the only thing that I was holding on to, I was really, this was grasping hard. Uh, you know, a longer reach than an Anthony Davis poster, or Kevin Garnett poster, was me saying Malachi Flynn was going to outplay him. He certainly did not, but the reach was if Malachi Flynn hit that last second heave at the buzzer, I was going to be two-stepping. But that Sammy Merrill step back to win the game was – that was March. That is the epitome of March. You can already tell that he's going to be a – dark. it's all going to be about matchups for him because last year the equivalent of this – of what Utah state is going to be. It's the, this game's actually gone on right now, but it was Wofford with Fletcher McGee and uh, storm Murphy. Like that was the team. They lighted up from three. They had that matchup with Kentucky in the second round, Utah state. If I had to guess is probably going to be in that seven, 10 matchups. They're going to be playing a good team in the first round and definitely in the second round, if they make it through, and this is going to be their opportunity where you're going to have this guy on a national stage, um, 
being able to perform, but he is Fletcher McGee, you know, famously missed like 15 straight threes to start that game against Kentucky. One of the worst performances of all time for a uh, mid-major player getting out there. Merrill's got so much more to his game than McGee. Had. He's not just a pull-up shooter. He plays essentially point guard for him. He's getting double teamed everywhere he goes. This guy's going to be awesome. So right now, Joey Brackets has him slated for that 10-7 game to play uh, West Virginia in the first round, which would be a great matchup for yeah, that, that. Probably not a good one for Sammy right there, but that would that would be a fun matchup to watch. Um, I, I <laughs> an ideal scenario for me would be if you, we got him against. Um, Kentucky again like I, I just want to I want to see Merrill take on Big Blue Nation you know you could if depending on how obviously how the brackets work out um, I don't know if they're necessarily going to feel like they're good enough to get a nine seed but that would be um, if they could get a nine seed that would be yeah, incredible because then you would get a you would get a one potential one seed matchup uh, the second round assuming yeah. they won but yeah I don't but you know those usually aren't those nine seeds usually aren't uh, put in there for uh, mid-major winners, but Utah State was good. They had what twenty-seven wins this year, something so like that. that. I mean, they would question. They would have been a tournament team anyway, right? So, so. Would, would they have? That's my question, actually. If Malachi Flynn hits that heave, or if Sam Merrill doesn't hit that shot, is Utah State still in the field of sixty-eight? If even, I mean, they they played San Diego State incredibly well. Let's say if they got blown out, right? I mean, again, th- these. This is all hypothetical because they've locked it up. But let's say if they got blown out, you know, or if they just lost in a competitive game, does Utah State even make it? I mean, it kind of – I don't think they do necessarily. I think that Sam Merrill shot holds so much weight for them. Well, if you look at, like, the last four in and the last four buys, for example, and this is just off ESPN's bracketology, so this is just Joey's opinion, but Utah State's probably better than Marquette. Probably better than Stanford, Indiana, Texas, NC State. So, I mean, those are the last four, you know, some of the last teams in. I I would think that Utah State was better than them, but that's just my opinion. It's not that that hard to be better than Marquette. What a terrible team. I can't stand those guys. And you guys are just looking like bigger idiots every single day as they just complete, completely go into this tailspin at the end of the season. Marquette's not my team. Marcus Howard is my guy. That's it's it's basically the same thing as I'm not a tweeting man, just a man who tweets. Well, important important Mar- distinction. Yeah. Well, here's what yeah, no, Mar- Marcus Howard is Marquette. So, ipso facto. The, the worst part is he's had like 30 points in like eight games in a row, and they've lost. Selfish. <laughs> yeah. Right. You, you can't you can't underestimate the significance of making your teammates feel better about their game in a game. You know, get them involved, get their confidence up, play as a unit. All right. Yeah, if that, if that happens, one they'll lose by like 30 instead of like 15 that they're losing by now. Did you have you ever ridden in a tandem kayak or in a tandem canoe or something like that? So, yes, I have. Yeah. All with right. My father so in you, Austin. All right. Well, I'm, I don't need the specific, but the point of this is have, when you have one person rowing in one direction, they could be the greatest rower to the right in the world. All right. They could be Marcus Howard in terms of how great they row to the right. But if you're doing a little bit to the left and you're slowing them down and you're not in unison right there, you're not going to go in the direction you want to go. That's Marquette. What are you, a Winklevoss twin? Get the hell out of here. What is this comparison? You're the dude who just made a Josh Hartnett analogy 
well, to start the show off. So I'm yeah, not that's sure theater, you're... not Rowan. Let's not go back to that. Excuse that, me. Excuse yeah. me. Okay, Sorry. hold on. All right, hold on. Let me move in another direction. Not not to. We'll get to some of our predictions and stuff that we uh, pre- uh, guessed at the beginning of the year, but not to harp too much on bracketology here. But would anyone have guessed preseason that the Pac-12 would be projected to have the second most bids of any conference in the country? No, it's it's been incredible, and it's it's absolutely on the shoulders of guys like Mick Cronin, even Andy Enfield, Onyekwu, their star freshman for USC, who is not getting a ton of buzz, which is mind-blowing to me because I think he's going to be a lottery pick. Uh, so those the Southern California teams have really, really helped out. And then also Stanford, they're on the bubble. I don't know if they'll necessarily get in, uh, but, but those are the teams that uh, in the beginning of the year, UCLA and Stanford, I didn't even think would have a shot at, at a, hearing their name from Gumble. No, and I, I don't necessarily think the conference is all that strong. Like at the top end, you just have a lot of like 25 to 45 teams and then like Oregon above that. Yeah, well, you can you can thank Arizona for jumpstarting UCLA and ASU season because if they if they hadn't blo- you know blown those games, uh, US, UCLA and ASU both went six and one after beating Arizona. Fucking losers is what they are. Just yeah. fucking losers. Let's uh, okay. Now let's move on. Yeah, exactly. So let's take a look at and revisit some of our preseason predictions, Taylor. This is when you and I were in the trenches in the summer. Shark nowhere to be found. Just waltzed in when it was convenient so uh if you if you want a shark feel free to chime in where you can uh but these are taylor and mine's prediction uh from the beginning of the year as let's see uh coach of the year player of the year and obviously the regular season champions have already been determined for majority of these conferences still waiting the verdict for sec and biggies coach and players of the year but let's start in the pack 12 uh, to remind the theater goers, I'll start again. I had Tad Boyle. You had Tad Boyle for Coach of the Year. It was Mick Cronin, and he pretty much won it in the last month, month and a half uh, of basketball. Yeah, really. I mean, Tad Boyle would have been right there in the running, just along with, you know, Sean Miller was out like four months ago, pretty much from that award. Altman was in there, obviously. But as as well as Oregon played this year, they didn't have like a separating type of year from the rest of the Pac-12 is maybe uh, as much as we would have projected them to. Um, but yeah, Mick Cronin, yeah, not even, yeah, the last month, you could even say, not even month and a half, maybe the last five games of the year, really. He just kind of came through almost out of nowhere um, and won that award. But I, I didn't think he was going to be all that successful at UCLA, uh, certainly not in year one. No, it's, it's been a great year for Mick. Shark, are you okay with the Cronin pick, or did you think it should have gone to Altman? I personally would have given it to Altman, um, but I'm very biased. I, I think it'd be, you'd be a lunatic to not credit what Mick Strong has done with UCLA this year, and they're kind of a tough team. I, I, I enjoyed watching that game on uh, on Saturday against USC, just completely bodying Andy Enfield at the end of that game. Enfield, I, I literally had the tweet ready to send out at the end of the USC game where I was thinking that he was going to blow it because all USC was doing was missing free throws and Enfield was looking like he was overwhelmed on the, like he was Louisville playing Duke and just not ready, prepared to handle anything. Fortunately got bailed out with a great shot, but I like UCLA. I, I, I don't know enough about the talent level on that team. Something tells me that these guys really aren't all that great. And it's kind of just a little mixed strong that first year coming in rallying the boys, but certainly not a team I'd want to see early on. 
Well, I mean, Chris Smith, I think his name's Chris Smith. He won most improved player of the year in the Pac-12. Tiger Campbell's been playing very well uh, the past month, their point guard for UCLA. So they don't have a ton of talent. And Sharif O'Neal, obviously, I think was labeled as their best player. He left. But a lot of it is mixed strong, like you had mentioned. Tiger Campbell has the worst hair in college basketball. But I will say... I will say it's like one single dread. We we determined that John Fulkerson has the worst hair in college basketball. Okay. Good ball okay. player, though. Yeah, another true. important distinction. So I will agree with Shark though in saying that I think UCLA is more of a, a sum of its parts rather than just led by a single guy. Um, I think they all are just they become pretty cohesive as a unit, and that's what has led to their success more than maybe just one player stepping up. That's going to be another bubble team to watch in tournament play is UCLA. I think if they lock in two wins, maybe even three, uh, they'll they'll hear their name on Selection Sunday. So Mick Cronin wins Coach of the Year in the Pac-12. Player of the Year after the season that he had, it's absolutely no surprise. He's in the running for National Player of the Year. It's the Sharks boy, Peyton Pritchard. We chose, Taylor, both you and I, uh, the adversary from the uh, rival school in Corvallis, Trace Tinkle. Trace Tinkle, don't get me wrong, had a fantastic year, and I thought, I think both of us thought that his numbers alone were going to spearhead that campaign, but Peyton Pritchard hit way too many big shots, had way too many highlight reel moments and was too consistent on the best team. I have no issues with Peyton Pritchard. We are 0 for 2 here. Yeah, no, I Pritchard is the best player in the conference. Um I would have to look at Tinkle's numbers again, but I don't think his numbers really played out much differently than last year whereas I would have expected him to have uh you know, I think his numbers actually may have been worse than they were last year. So not that he's not awesome because he is awesome, but uh, yeah, just not enough to to overtake uh, Pritchard. You want a two-step at all, Shark? I'm not going to two-step yet. I'm just, you know, I, the guys I'm backing, if, you, if you're looking for a thread, I, I've been drilling these picks all year. I got Pritchard, great point guard, Powell, great point guard, Merrill, I'm calling him a point guard, and Anthony Cowan's going to be my other one. If I can have a dream scenario where those four are playing in the Final Four, I don't know who's more petrifying, dribbling the ball up at the end of the game, and you're you're rooting it, on, you're on the other side of it, and you see the ball release from their hand. Is it Peyton Pritchard, Merrill, Powell, like who? All of those guys could be so deadly in the final two minutes. I think I, I'm going to edge towards uh, Pritchard the most. I think I would too, considering his experience, considering uh, he's played in a final four. And I feel like he's hit three daggers this year in Pac-12. I mean, Merrill obviously has the Mountain West title game shot, but Pritchard, I feel like, has been on one this entire year. The thing well, I, I love about Pritchard is, and in, just real quick here, he – You'd think he'd get so tired throughout the game because he runs the offense, he barely sits out, but for whatever reason, he always, his jumpers, he never loses his legs at the end of the game. Like his three-point percentage, I think, is exponentially higher in the last five minutes of a game than it is in the first, you know, 12 or so. Needs some nerd to crunch the numbers on that one, but I think from my watching, he, he always performs at the end, even when he should be exhausted because his supporting cast has not stepped up the way he should uh, thus far this year. And I'm a little bit concerned about that in March, but they, they certainly have enough guys that can. Well, you know, I, this is not a slight against Miles Powell by any means, but he's not an awesome three-point shooter. And I'm not saying that you have to be an awesome three-point shooter but Pritchard's certainly a better shooter than Miles Powell is. So if, if I'm looking for someone to take a last second shot, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Pritchard over so Powell. Powell, in situation. Powell is, it's just his shot selection is just 
truly atrocious. Like, well, he, he's, he he's only shooting like twenty eight percent from three. Well, be, like because that. because seventy five percent of his threes are just fadeaway, unnecessary fadeaways, and contested from way too deep. He, if he's open, he's going to knock him down. But I think that's a very deceptive uh, stat. His three point field goal percentage because he, he, I mean, he's done it all the time. The guy's get an absolute gunner. Get that same nerd to crunch contested jumpers or contested threes. His percentage versus you know not even contested threes or uncontested threes, but just like fall away fadeaways into Kevin Willard's bench. Right? Oh, they're, he, threes. Yeah, they're bad. Uh, all right. So Peyton Pritchard, that's over two for us there, Taylor. And then the regular season champion for the PAC 12 Oregon. I had Colorado. You had Arizona. I think they both finished five and six or fifth and sixth respectively, as I, I should say, uh, Oregon, obviously the, the PAC 12 winner, uh, over three there. And for guys that are supposed to represent the Pac-12 in terms of knowledge, et cetera, uh, we're going to have to have a better year next year, Taylor. That's all I got to say. We had strong reasoning, though. <laughs> that's all. That's my only defense. Uh, actually, the only thing I got right all year was that Jamal Baker is going to shoot threes to beat a team like Washington on the road, which was completely correct, except Washington was the worst fucking team in the conference. So that wasn't what we expected at all. Your specific example hit the nail on the head, and then Jamal Baker fucking sucked the rest of the <laughs> that was it. No, That was the only thing I got right. You know, not bad, not bad. All right, let's move to the ACC. Coach of the year was Leonard Hamilton. I'll give you your props there, Taylor. Hey. Knocked it out of the park there. You took Leonard Hamilton. I took Kevin Keats like an asshole. NC State, I'm, I'm like, I'm really hoping that somehow they're going to make a run in the ACC tournament, but I just don't see it. They're probably done. But Len Hamilton, hug for you, Taylor. You know, Leonard Hamilton is the perfect example, and Florida State, actually, not just Leonard Hamilton. but A black don't crack. Well, yes, that too, because he's like 72 years old, but of letting a coach like build an actual program and not fire him after one or two down seasons. Um, A couple years ago, mid 2000s, they missed the tournament like two or three years in a row, easily could have fired the guy. But you have to, you know, Florida State has done a nice job at understanding who they are. We're not Duke. We're not Louisville. We're not a blue blood basketball school. But they have pretty much the best stretch of ACC basketball outside of maybe Virginia over the last three or four years or five years. And that's a really a testament to a Leonard Hamilton as a coach and B Florida state as a school, letting Leonard Hamilton be the coach. It's crazy that he's been there for like 18 years now, like 400 plus wins at Florida state or something like that. Unless I'm mistaken, he doesn't have a final four. And I feel like he needs to be mm-hmm. talked about a lot more in terms of coaches, best coaches that have yet to crack the final four. Uh, I think so, he only has one elite eight, and that was like last year. No, he had an elite eight also with like Davies Dulkies or whatever that team in like oh, 2011, I think. Sure, but yeah. Right. Yeah, no, you're right. Well, and if you look at this Florida State team, team too, they used to just be kind of known as the super athletic team, like the Tony snares of the world, you know, whatever. That, that those were the guys, they were just super athletes. And that was pretty much why they won. Or they were, you know, those couple of years in the early 2000s, they had, you could stretch three, their three big men pretty much across the entire baseline uh, of their wingspan. But they've really become a nice full team in the last couple of years. Tony Snare, nice little name drop. Dwayne Bacon, those guys. Oh, I loved him. So uh, Leonard Hamilton wins coach of the year, player of the year, Trey Jones. Uh, not a big surprise. He was fantastic. He also won defensive player of the year. We both had Jordan Nawara, but Trey Jones, 
was pretty incredible at the point guard spot uh, for Duke. You you seem to be disagreeing with that. I think Vernon Carey is, should have been ahead of Trey Jones. Vernon Carey is straight up better than Trey Jones. I mean, yeah, but they're going to give it to the point guard who also does it on the defensive end. Right. I mean, I think Trey Jones is the he's the proverbial engine that makes Duke go. I think this is more of a function of the ACC being way down this year than it is to Trey Jones being a really good player. Because I don't yeah. think I don't look at Trey Jones right now and be like, oh my god, he is so much better than he was last year. He just has the ball more. I mean, I don't. I I think Vernon Carey is a better player. I'm not going to say that Jordan Noir should have won it over him. Uh, we you know we were wrong on that. Noir still made first team All ACC, so that's good. But I would have. I honestly would have picked Vernon Carey over Trey Jones. And then lastly, Louisville. We both picked Louisville as ACC champion. Very close. I think they only finished a game behind, uh, but Florida State won it outright. And again, not to harp on Duke, but people don't realize that Duke has yet to win a conference title since 2010. 10 years. 10 years, which I'd much rather trade for the two national titles that they have in that time. But – 2010. I mean, when you next year when you go to pick who conference winners, Duke typically just doesn't win the ACC. They're the four seed in the in the conference tournament. You almost have to think at some point you just have to start betting on them, just because they're due. You know, they can't like Duke. You would not expect them to go an entire decade without winning. A, random teams win conferences uh, on any year, so you would imagine that Duke and that talent has to get one here in the next couple of years. You would guess. Yeah. Uh, so. I've yet to still get on the board. You got on the board with Leonard Hamilton. Let's go to the Big Ten. I said Brad Underwood for Coach of the Year. You said Matt Painter. It was one of the Sharks boys. Uh, it was Greg Gard. Greg Gard, I'm okay with that as well. I got into it with a couple people on Twitter who was trying to tell me that Brad Underwood didn't do a good job, like he wasn't even in the running for Coach of the Year. And I'm out here saying like he's he finished a game behind the three teams that that were in first. He lost to Io Dasunmu for a while. There's their first tournament berth, I think, since like 2013 or something. They were ranked throughout the entire year for the most part. Uh, Brad Underwood did a fantastic job, and someone was trying to tell me that McCaffrey was ahead of him. No, he has Luca Garza. Steve Peichel was awesome in terms of the uh, predictions or what people were talking about Rutgers coming into the season, but they can't win on the road. I still th- I'm okay, though, with guard. Shark? I keep, I'm, I'm going to keep running this into the ground on Wisconsin, but this Kobe King leaving the team, complaining to the media about Greg Gard's style of basketball, how boring it is. And he's the golden child from Wisconsin to commit in state. How could you do this to your homegrown talent, stifle him offensively? And then the guy just goes out and rips off. What, what is it now? Eight straight? Eight straight wins? I, I think it's something like that. The supposed best player on his team. Get him out of there and just play Greg Gard basketball, baby. I love it. Brad Davison's shooting the lights out right now. This team is dangerous. I tweeted on January 3rd when they stunk that they're going to the Sweet 16. Big Ten champions. I, I, I never never thought that they were going to be Big Ten champions. Uh, Greg, or excuse me, Brad Davidson actually had a couple of really, really punch-you-in-the-face type moments. Like after made shots, he would just go crazy, fist pumping, jumping on people. Like he he j- jumped on Nate Reavers a couple times. I was just like, you're just the quintessential undersized, annoying little gnat that will hit a big shot, and he does. And he's just perfect Wisconsin. On the topic of annoying little gnats, this is something that's been 
bopping around in my head a little bit. Who do you think wins in a one-on-one basketball game this year? Demetric Trice on Wisconsin, little fucker, or Kahi Clark on UVA, another little fucker. Kahi Clark, he's got a national champion. He's been, yeah, he's you think so? I, oh, yeah. I, I, dude, Trice is Trice is clutch, man. I love Trice. Kahi Clark was the game winner this past weekend. Don't care. Yeah, Don't care. I, I you can. I mean, Trice, Trice could do that too. If Trice played on UVA, I think he's a better player. You know, going back to Brad Davison, though, too, he's so annoying that he literally got suspended by, like, the Big Ten this year as no, well. He's, he's cheap. So, there's, no, there's no denying yeah, it. But he's right. also – he's the kind of guy you want on your team. Yeah, he's the perfect example of that. Greg Gard, yeah. though, a lot like uh, uh, Mick Cronin in that they won this award in the last month of the year. Brad Underwood probably had it – I don't want to say wrapped up, but he had it you know, one hand on it, so to speak. And then all of a sudden Wisconsin comes out of nowhere, rips off. I mean, I don't even, I don't even think people realize that Wisconsin won the big 10. Yeah. They're the one seed. No, uh, I I don't think anyone, nobody talked about it. Like all of a sudden they just came up and be like, Oh, Wisconsin's the fucking one seed. Where do they come from? I mean, I'd refer, I'd refer you to my January 3rd tweet. um, (laughs) I knew they were coming. Okay. I I just want to encourage the both of you here because we're going through all your bad picks of the season. Be bold. Get out there and be bold every once in a while. You're out here picking Louisville to go to the Final Four. Oh, don't worry. Today to go to the Final Four. Did don't you, worry. My my bold pick of Purdue winning the Big Ten we're about to discuss here in a second. Just, so don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Not to don't mention pick Louisville because that's the trendy pick in September. All right, how's that working out for you? If they what beat if, UVA by one by like three points, yeah, I'd be two stepping. I, I, I had a text. I had a text ready to go. Louisville was like fourteen to one to win the national championship. There, you're going to pick Louisville to win it all this year? They stink. <laughs> Might just despite you, honestly. Soft, softer than Bartolo Colon's gut after a long weekend in the Buffalo Wild Wings. That's nice analogy. Nice analogy. I will say though, uh, why don't you pick some of these guys? Preseason when we actually had this show instead of January third. Yeah, oh, or you know, Sam Merrill's my boy. What was that? Forty eight hours ago, you predicted that he was going to be good. Like, oh, wow, that was going not, out on a limb. No, it's actually not true because you can go back to one of our early episodes. It was when Utah State was playing LSU as a random November game. I discussed Sam Merrill. If you if you want to doubt me, go ahead and doubt me. But I'm on the record. Uh, all right, so Greg Gard wins Big Ten Coach of the Year, Player of the Year. Again, another guy who's probably going to win National Player of the Year uh, is Luca Garza. This was easy. Uh, no need to spend too much time on that. But the both of us had Cassius Winston, which I don't think was a terrible pick considering all the fanfare coming in for Michigan State, his hit being his senior year point guard. Cassius Winston still had a great season, but lunch pail Luca way too much for Iowa. And then our champion, I had Michigan State, you had Purdue. Taylor, hug for you. That was a that turned out to be a terrible pick. Michigan State, I'm on the board, baby. That was a three way tie between Michigan State, Wisconsin, and Maryland, who won their very first Big Ten title ever. So I'm finally on the board with a Michigan State Big Ten title. I think you get a third of a point for that. No, that's a full point. I, I actually tallied up everything and I got percentages here. Oh, oh, okay. Excuse me. Yeah, my Purdue pick, not the best pick in the world. Crazy though, because they blew everybody out. Or then they got blown out. Like they blew out Michigan State by like 500 points and then lost like the next two games, three games after that. Here's, here's what you can take solace in, though. In one or two years, 
I already know what's going to happen. Sasha Stefanovic is going to rip the Sharks' heart out like Ryan Klein did. Sasha Stefanovic is a sharpshooter, and I can just see him coming off five screens in a row sometime late in March Madness, maybe in Louisville again, against either Tennessee or BC, and Stefanovic is going to rip the Sharks' heart out. That's what Purdue shooters do. No, no chance in hell it's going to be against BC, maybe Tennessee again. But, yeah, that guy that guy can light it up. What a win for Rutgers, by the way, and Purdue. Purdue still could have made the tournament, Taylor. It wasn't that terrible of a pick. It was a brutal pick. It wasn't too terrible. Uh, they still could have made the tournament, but Rutgers went in there, beat him. Geo Baker, a jumper, more pleasant, so pleasant it made me want to go out and volunteer. You know, it just put me in a good mood. That thing is, like, sharp, rips the net. I wanted to go to a soup kitchen, you know, hand out some soup. You, you know, Purdue is still on the bubble, like as the last four out. Uh, yeah, you can't, you can't, <laughs> big you can't bust. Yeah. I mean, they could look the if, they win, if they win, two, they one game uh, over 500. Yeah, but right. But it, it's again, it's not a function of if they're good or not. It's if their competition, who they're going up against on the bubble is good or not, which is, I'm exactly. sorry, but when you're one game over 500, you do not belong in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. I, I can't vouch for Purdue. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying that it's, it's crazy that there's not, they're really not out of it somehow, even as an at large bid at this point. All right. Let's move on to the big 12. We both took Scott Drew as coach of the year and we both nailed it. Scott Drew with one of the best seasons uh, in Baylor history. He, they were uh, riding one of the longest winning streaks. They, I mean, I feel, I kind of feel for Baylor, right? You have such a remarkable season. I feel like they never spent much time at all outside of the top five. They still don't win the conference. That's how much of a buzzsaw Kansas is. That's how good Bill Self is. But uh, Scott Drew, I don't think anyone has an issue with him being coach of the year. This is this actually, though, Taylor, player of the year might have been our worst pick out of the entire gamut of the entire board, and it was Tyrese Halliburton. He got hurt for sure, which which sucks. Uh, but Tyrese Halliburton, I don't think anyone even knows his name right now, which is a shame because he does have NBA potential. But we both picked Halliburton. It was Yudoka Azubuki, uh for Kansas, which I'm happy about. Doak has had to overcome a lot of injuries, especially last year. He had to uh, assume a big role in this year's team. So, Azubuki, hug for you and player of the year. Yeah, I mean, there's no question in my mind that Azubuki is the player of the year in the conference. Uh, Best team in the conference, best team in the country. Uh, Makes a lot of sense. You know, yeah, like you said, I do feel bad. And even though we predicted that Scott Drew would be the coach of the year, we certainly didn't project him as a one seed. Um, kind of strange though, nugget from the big 12 here and something I didn't actually realize until today, till today is they only had two teams finish over 500 in conference on every, yeah, there were like four teams that finished at nine and nine behind, uh, Kansas and Baylor. So not a great conference this year, really out of out who there were really no other options for coach of the year bill self just wasn't going to get it simply unless they would have gone undefeated pretty much uh shaka smart funny enough like coming out out of nowhere to somehow make the tournament but they didn't finish well enough in conference to to you know elicit any votes for him so there really wasn't any other choice other than scott drew when it came down to the end of the year well i think a lot of people were banking on texas tech to maybe fill that third spot in terms of being over 500. I'm still 
kind of fearful of Texas Tech. If anyone gets them in a draw in the tournament, I still think that they can. I mean, they lose close, close games. Uh, they don't have maybe the talent as last year. Like, obviously, they lose Jarrett Culver. Uh, but I still think Chris Beard is a fantastic coach. So we'll see what Texas Tech can do here uh, as we discuss Jerome uh, later on in the episode. But, of course, Kansas goes on to win yet again the Big 12 Conference. I think last year they said, okay, that was fun. Enough of that shit. Let's go ahead and start a new, what, 12, 13, 14-year winning streak of uh, winning the Big 12 title. So uh, those are the awards there in the Big 12. Let's go to the SEC, of course. They do not have the Coach of the Year or Player of the Year out, but we both – I picked Kerry Blackshear. I don't think that's going to be correct. You took Anthony Edwards. Maybe that's that's still in play, but Kerry Blackshear, no good. Uh, But I took Kentucky to win – the championship, the SEC regular championship, and they did that outright. You took Florida. They were a severe disappointment this year. They are like the most bipolar team in the country. Well, along with Purdue, actually. Uh, that was clearly my picks had something to do with being like either way up or way down. Florida Florida, looked, Florida was like a top five team entering, oh, yeah. entering the season. Florida looked awesome at times, and then they looked completely lost at times, which is uh, – a good pick or a terrible pick, speaking of Jerome picks. But again, I liked your little Texas Tech uh, teaser there. That's my Florida teaser here is they may be the best tournament pick in the world or the worst. So we'll see. We'll discuss that more later. Shark, how much does the Ashton Hagen's uh, time away from this team hurt them, hurt Kentucky? I mean, how bad do they need him in postseason play? Probably not that bad for the first weekend. Uh, I don't know what's going on with him. This is one of those things that's like well, kind of a weird – is it personal issues he's stepping away for? I don't even know if it's been reported just yet, so it's weird to even speculate. Obviously, they won without him. Uh, he, he's been having a pretty bad year. Like He's a great defensive point guard, and he's got the leadership intangibles, but he, he has not – he was better last year. Let's put it that way. Um, so I, I think they'll be fine without him. So. Well, not Didn't good happen- that he, not Sorry, good go that ahead. he flashed a wad of cash in an Instagram video last week. Yeah, but wasn't that deemed like the timestamp was from a few weeks ago? It wasn't during his. I think it just what? surfaced. I mean, well, it's not a great look, regardless. Yeah, right. Yeah, it, it, I, I'm not saying that the the two go together, but it's a little coincidental that that video comes out and then the next day or that same week he steps away for personal reasons. Uh, That's my only, yeah, I mean, that's my only qualm against Kentucky in terms of what their future holds here is we don't really know. I know that Calipari said he was supposed to talk to him today to figure out when he was coming back. Uh, I don't know if you guys know, did you see any update on that? Did they talk today? I haven't seen any update on it, but I feel like this always, or this is the second straight year that, this has happened with Kentucky, right? So last year, I remember sitting in an airport bar because I was going to a bachelor party. I pretty much just had submitted my final bracket. And then two minutes later, a tweet comes out from Calipari saying that P.J. Uh, was it? He, was, he got drafted by the Washington. 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 P.J. Washington is out. I was like, oh, fuck. So, I mean, this Hagen's injury, if they still need a good steady point guard. And by Kentucky's, I don't know, upperclassman standards he's an upperclassman so i'm still going to need something from ashton hey i I just don't want to see that tweet before i submit my or after i submit my bracket like i like i had to endure last year i know you don't care shark i can tell but yeah that's what happens 
Uh, all right, so that's the SEC. Let's finish it off now with the Big East. Taylor, both you and I took Travis Steele for Coach of the Year. That jury is still out, but I don't think it's going to be Travis Steele. Uh, <laughs> you, don't, you don't think so? <laughs> going out on a limb there. Yeah. Wow. Not a, a res, Providence Crier, or excuse me, a friend of the program, Brendan O'Rourke, he likes Savior, says they're good. They've been injured, often injured, so I'm going to use that as an excuse. I watched that entire game that they played against Butler on Saturday night. They have no business being in the tournament. All They went on like a 10-0 run that was just straight kind of refs involving themselves. Five-point plays here, four-point plays there. Najee Marshall's good. The rest of the team is not good. Don't put him in. Well, we're going to get the Travis Steele pick wrong. I took Miles Powell for player of the year. I still think I'm going to win that. You took Marcus Howard. Just an abysmal ending for Marquette, and I don't think they're going to end up, or he's going to end up getting that. No, I mean he'll—he's first team all Big Ten or uh, Big East, but yeah, he's not there. Marquette just didn't play well enough as a team for him to get enough votes to be Player of the Year, and it should be Miles Powell, in my opinion, as well. Yeah, just want to reiterate, Marcus Howard did get a seat at the table, which is all we were asking for in terms of Big East players, uh, Big East first team. Which Shark, yes, you did say that he doesn't belong at that table. Can I respond to that question with a different question? What are your thoughts on Kevin Willard as a basketball coach? Pretty good coach. Solid okay. coach. He did a good job. Of oh, coaching this year. He's just solid. Yeah. He, had, he did an all right job this year. I'll give him that. I actually think Patrick Ewing did a better job than him given the cards he was dealt. I'm going to give you three seconds to retract that statement. No, I'm not going to retract it. You're not going to retract Like all of his players were hurt. You, you were on the, you're saying Patrick Ewing did a better coaching job than Kevin Willard this season. Yeah. I'll give you two more seconds to take it back. No. You're kidding. I'm not kidding. Seth Davis agrees with me too. Me and Seth Davis. Oh, my God. It's like the most historic season of Seton Hall since they made it to the Final Four. Kevin Willard, if he chooses to leave Seton Hall, which is a possibility, will be the number one head coaching candidate in the country. For big programs. And you're telling me that if Pat Ewing decided, you know what, I'm sick of Georgetown, other people are going to be running to his door just because he did a better coaching job this year and Willard's just a solid coach. I mean, if only words? if only Patrick Ewing had a Miles Powell. If only. His Miles Powell. He's who got nowhere Miles near, near Miles Powell. Recruit. Kevin Willard made Miles Powell. I don't think you're giving enough credit to Powell. So yes, I'm not I'm not going to take it back though. Hug for Patrick Ewing and the coaching job he did. Uh, but going we both went down with the, that ship. I, I respect your loyalty to that. You're like the captain in Titanic, and he's sitting in his booth, and he's just riding that ship to the bottom of the Atlantic. Have Someone fun. Stand with Ewing. Uh, all right. And then lastly, Taylor, both you and I chose Seton Hall as Big E's champions, despite what the Sharks said all year. We were not hating on Seton Hall. Again, we chose them to win this conference, and they share that with Creighton and Villanova. So – those are the that is the breakdown right there of our preseason predictions. And again, Taylor, I calculated it out, and we're still waiting on Coach of the Year and Player of the Year for the SEC and Big East. But my percentages was fifty percent, and yours were thirty three percent. Not good. You know although, what? You know what did I, you win? I, I, what Purdue in that panel? Yes, and yeah. no, but it, it was also uh, the SEC. The SEC was you took Nate Oates and Florida. 
That's going to get you in trouble every time. Oh God. That's just, that's just horrendous. That's terrible on my part. You know, in my defense, it was a hundred, probably 112 degrees in Phoenix that day. Probably didn't have enough water. Uh, that's, which is still on me. Cause as we know, uh, failing to prepare is preparing to fail, especially in preseason predictions. So that's on me. Congratulations, right. Sue. Hug for you on that. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right, fellas. Let's say we hop into Jerome picks. Yeah. Batch two. You guys good to do that? All right. Week one has been a lot of fun. It's given us a lot of buzzer beaters. We already saw Sam Merrill. Uh, and I think five teams have now automatically clinched a spot in the NCAA tournament. Let's talk week two. This is where we get more of our power teams. Uh, and we'll start with the American. I'm going to go with Tulsa. Tulsa entering two days ago, they were the best team in the AAC record-wise. And I think they just got lazy two days ago and dropped one against Wichita State. Tough place to play there in Wichita. Uh, but I do like Frank Haith and the Golden Hurricane. They've been one of the most consistent teams in the league all year. Give me Tulsa in the American. Shark, I'll start with you next. Wichita State. I don't think it was lazy against Wichita State. I think Wichita is just better. Tulsa for was actually sitting at the top of the American for most of the year. Um, and they just got manhandled by Wichita. I, 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 the reason I, I got a feeling about Memphis too. I like the way Memphis played against Houston. I would have leaned Houston, but I'm seeing Memphis on that same side of the bracket when it shakes out. So I'm going to roll with Wichita state. I think they'll beat, have no problem with Cincinnati on a neutral court. Cincinnati's the one seed and I'm rolling with Greg with three G's Marshall. Three G's. Uh, I am going to go with Memphis uh, simply because we know what my thoughts on Houston are, and I think they just aren't good at all. Um, Cincinnati, kind of similarly, I don't feel strongly about them. I don't really feel strongly about Tulsa or Wichita State. Wichita State, I think, has the coaching advantage amongst all of the teams uh, in the conference, so that's obviously big when it comes to postseason play. But I'm going to go with Memphis – almost because of where they're seated and how many points that's potentially going to get me in the Jerome. If I don't feel strongly about the top four teams, might as well take the fifth team who I think is just as talented or as good as the top four teams. Cause I don't feel like there's any advantage to taking any of the four teams above them. So I'm going with Memphis. Yeah. Good value pick. Let me tell you this though. How terrifying would Memphis be with that front court of Wiseman and Achua? Precious Achua is fucking sick. Well, could you imagine if he would he would have come back after that like suspension, and yeah. they still finished like fifth in conference? They would have been everybody would have picked him as a five seed in the Jerome if they would have had the number one pick in the draft on their team. But alas, they did not. I'm just saying though, you're right. But Achua should be a lottery pick next year. He's been oh yeah, he's been yeah. incredible. Easily their best player, taking the torch there from Wiseman. Let's move to the A10. I'm going Dayton. Uh, not much else to say. It's almost like the SDSU, San Diego State, Mountain West uh, reasoning that I gave, and that burned me. But I'm hoping it's going to be different here with Dayton this time. Did you guys see the OB Toppin between the legs dunk? Absolutely incredible. Uh, I, I'm just afraid, though, that all of this showboating and all this confidence – I mean, you cannot find one person that dislikes Dayton. And I'm just afraid at some point in March it might come to bite him in the ass – but not just yet. I'm taking Dayton uh, in the in the A10. Shark. I'm all. You got to know. Sometimes just don't get out. Of, don't get off. Uh, don't try to get in the way of something like this. It's a historic season. 
for Dayton. I had similar thoughts to at first, like the showboating type thing about Obi Toppin, um, especially in that game when it was very close at halftime. GW's terrible this year. Um, like they should have been blowing them out. They did end up blowing them out. But the only reason this is a good exception for them to be Obi Toppin to be able to do that that night was the fact that game day was there. It was a big night for all the fans there. So I'll, I'll allow it. But outside of that, if this was just a traditional performance by one seed in a small conference like that and their showboat like that, I'm not going to like it come March. I'm going to pick UVA to beat them in the second round or an eight, nine matchup or something. So I'm going to roll with Dayton as well. I really wanted to try and pick another team here uh, simply because you think a team has to lose at some point. And Dayton will have a matchup with St. Louis, and St. Louis is the only team that played them close, and they played them close both times they played this year. So I wanted to potentially pick Rhode Island, but Rhode Island just hasn't played well over the last four or five games of the season. I don't think that hot much of Richmond – and I wasn't going to pick St. Louis having to go up against Dayton. So really, in the end, there's no reason to pick anyone but Dayton. Too much sloppy topping. Uh, let's move to the ACC. I'm going to stick with my boys. Been riding them all year, even from the preseason. Let's go with Louisville. Good value pick. Not going to jump off the bandwagon now. They finished in a three-way tie for second. And like I said, they would have had a share, or I think a share of the ACC title had they just closed against UVA who's one of the hottest teams in the country right now. So uh, it was either them or NC State in a Hail Mary to salvage my Kevin Keats pick, but it's going to end up being Louisville. Give me the Cardinals and the ACC. I'm going with Duke just because I can get Duke at a four seed and any, you know, I think Vegas has them as the favorites anyways at this point. Um, they're going to have, they just got to beat Florida State. In, in that top half of that bracket, I like their path. Louisville's going to have to run into UVA, um, maybe North Carolina. You never know. UVA and Louisville had a good game this weekend, but I don't know, just taking Duke four seed. So I was trying to stay away from taking another one seed, but I'm going to take my boy Lenny Hamilton in Florida State. But kind of to echo Shark's thought, I think that Florida State-Duke game is the championship game. Uh, I think that whoever wins that game is going to win the actual final. Uh, coming out of the other side of the bracket. Let's move to the Big 12. I think I already spilled the beans on this with uh, some of my wording regarding Texas Tech, but I'm going to be going with the Red Raiders in the Big 12. Little nugget, uh, just another example of my insane mind. When I was watching basketball on Saturday and tweeting, you guys know the song Dominic the Donkey, that that little Christmas song? No. Please sing it. Please sing it for us. No, but it does go, it's Dominic the Donkey. All right, now I want you to do that to the tune of Dominic the Donkey with the name Davide Moretti. It's Davide Moretti. we got to have someone in here who knows the Christmas jingles, and it's not even, I mean, it's fucking March for Christ's sakes, and I'm, that's that's where my mind is at. So regardless, I'm going to go with Davide Moretti, uh, the leadership, and Chris Beard, the coaching aspect. They're battle-tested, postseason-tested, uh, so and then I'm also going to look for Jemias Ramsey to take that next step as a freshman. Give me Texas Tech in the Big 12. I'm going Baylor. Um, I, I don't like the way they've been playing at the end of the year, but they they need to at least get to the final to secure a one seed. Uh, it's still within striking distance for them. They could easily be usurped by other teams here uh, that are competing for a one seed. So I'm going to go ahead and punch in Baylor. 
I have been picking against Kansas in every single regular season prediction and tournament prediction since I met Subi at least 11 years ago. So if I pick them now, which I'm going to, and they burn me the one time I actually pick them, I'm never picking them again. But I'm going to go with Kansas simply because they're just the best team in the country. All right, let's move to the Big Ten now. Uh, I'm going to go with Michigan State. They're on an absolute roll. Contrary to what the Shark, I'm sure, is about to say, I never said that they weren't a good team. They just aren't championship level. But I'm going to go with the Spartans in the Big Ten. They clinched a share of the title. Uh, and Cassius Winston, I think Xavier Tillman won Defensive Player of the Year in the Big Ten. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but give me give me the Spartans in the Big Ten. Yeah, I, I will also take the Spartans and – I'm beginning to think that they're going to be my favorite to win it all this year at this point with the way that they're playing. They Tillman, Winston, just everything that you could possibly want clicking at the right time. They're going to win this tournament. They're going to get on the two line. And I like it. If you can give me the best player in the conference as a five seed, I think there's a lot of value in Iowa here. So I'm going to roll with Luca Garza. At, and they are at the five seed, correct? I, I don't have. I think they're. The, I think they're the five seed. So yeah, I, Iowa, and having the player of the year and having a, the value you can get at a five five seed is why I'm going with Iowa. It's actually a good pick. All right, uh, next conference is Big Sky. I'm going to go with the boys in Greeley, Northern Colorado. Their only two uh, competitors really are Montana and Eastern Washington. They're two and two against those teams. Both of those losses coming to. Eastern Washington by four and in overtime. Uh, and they've, uh, like I said, they've beaten Montana twice. I think it's a good value pick. Taylor, I think I know where you're going to go with this, so we'll hold off. But I'm going Northern Colorado there. Shark? To quote Stan and Dursky, I'll join you. Two words, Jonah Radabo. Jonah Radabo. Learn this guy's name, not quite on the level of Sammy Merrill, but this is exactly what you're looking for. Stat sheet stuffer, 16 and a half a game, 6.3 rebounds a game, 6.5 assists per game. Guess what? He's only six foot three. This guy is a great player, and he's going to be the, the focal point of Northern Colorado. I like them to come out of the big whatever the fuck we're talking about right now. Sky, I believe. All right. Big Sky. Come on, this is like God's country's conference here. So I have my Montana Grizzlies hat on right now, so I'm going to roll with Montana. Uh, I actually was going to pick them regardless of where they fell. So they they lost this last week and fell to three, which gives me a little more value in this pick as well. But if you're looking for a stat stuffer, look no further than Saeed Pridget. 20 points, seven boards, four assists on 50% shooting per game. Uh, so we're going to roll with Montana and the Grizz. I mean, you came with the Hampton Nugget about Morrow, so I wouldn't be surprised if this guy goes off as well. Not a bad pick. Uh, let's move on to the Big West. I don't have a ton here. I'm just going to go with UC Santa Barbara because a former Arizona coach is now the head coach there, Joe Pasternak. Maybe one Arizona coach can actually nut up here in the postseason. I'm going to go with uh, the Gauchos, Santa Barbara. Shark? UC Irvine did, did me right last year when they beat Kansas State in the first round. I'm going to run it back with them again. Yeah, agreed. Irvine won the conference by three games. They have NCAA tournament experience, despite the fact they don't have uh, Max Hazard, who was their Your lead boy. guard. Okay. Yeah, he is our boy, I guess. Oh, now, play, now, now, now plays Please. in Arizona. Uh, doesn't look anything like the guy that scored like a million points in the NCAA tournament win they had last year. 
But uh, I'm going with Irvine simply because they won the game by uh, or won the conference by three games. No one else was real close to them. All right, Conference USA, Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, ladies and gentlemen, and it's because of one player and one player only, Charles Bassey. That's an NBA player right there, fellas. You guys ever seen Gossip Girl? Chuck Bass? He's a strong character in Gossip Girl. This is a strong player, Charles Bassey. I'm going to go with the Hilltoppers. He's averaging 15 and 9, and again, he's going to be in the first round uh, of the draft next year. Go Hilltoppers. Louisiana Tech. That's the pick here, 22-8 and eight on the year. Top 100 in both Ken Palm offense and defense, 60 on offense, 90 in defense. That's pretty good. That puts them right around Clemson, VCU. They're in that same ballpark. I don't know why they're the three seeds here, but I'm going to take the value. I mean, I, I make a Gossip Girl reference, and you go all nerd Ken Palm on me. I think we know who the real pick is here. XO, uh, XO. Muhammad Mubarak or Mubarak Muhammad, whatever the fuck his name is. I'm going with Louisiana Tech too. Behind Mubarak Muhammad, uh, good big man down low, averaging nine boards a game. And again, to have them at the three seed it has a little more value, and I don't see any real discernible difference between the top three teams in this conference. Thrilled that you hit us with the Kristen Bell exit on Gossip Girl. Thank you. Uh, let's go to the Ivy League next. I'm going UPenn. AJ Brodor, baby. Yeah. Little surprise here. He is a bell cow workhorse. He is the Ivy League Scotty James. They kind of stink outside of him, but I'm hitching my wagon to AJ Brodeur. Uh, I think he's going to have a monster Ivy League tournament. We're going with the Quakers. I'm going Yale just because I think Yale did the right thing by losing to Harvard this past weekend. You always want to lose the one before the one that matters. So I'm going Yale. Shark and I have been on the same page a lot here today. Also going with the L behind Paul Atkinson shooting 63% from the field this year. Live a little, guys. It's the Jerome. You don't have to pick every one seed here. Take your own advice, Shark. Just took a three. Uh, I got uh, might maybe like two ones I've taken so far, but whatever. I'm just saying live a little. All right. Next is – I actually don't have – I was going off of the team because I know their conference, but – oh, the MAAC and the MAC. I'm going Siena. They haven't lost in a month, fellas. Sneaky, one of the hottest teams in the country. They're also what was the what was the school that we discussed last week where their nickname does not match at all their logo? I forget who it was. LIU, LIU, right? Long Island? No, no, no. Yeah. They're, they're, they just changed it. They're the Sharks now. Oh. They just changed it. But there was there was a school we were discussing last week where their nickname just simply doesn't match the 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 uh, mascot. And so this is another example, Sienna saints. I think they have like a dog running in their, in their mascot, but regardless, I'm going to go Sienna there. To quote Stan Durski, I'll join you. I'm on Sienna as well. Uh, I think back good time to this Jimmy Pezos, who uh, coached Sienna in the early 2010s, they'd made a sweet 16 run back then. He was the head coach. He's a crazy Italian guy on the side of the court. Uh, investigated by the NCAA at this point, definitely cheated. Uh, I'm right. I'm right in that. I love Pezos. Also going with Sienna and Sue, you're underselling them. They haven't lost in like two months, not just a month. They've won like nine or 10 games in a row. Yeah. Wasn't that dating back to February? I mean, I get, uh, I'd have to go look in their last game, but, uh, I, that's more like, okay, six weeks, excuse me. They haven't lost in like six weeks. Whatever, I'm trying to say that, yes, they're really good, so there's no reason to pick against them. Good, good. All right, uh, let's go to the MAC, MAC. I'm going Bowling Green. They got this little white shooter, Dylan Fry. 
Dylan Fry is going to be a poor man. Sam, uh, what the hell's his name? Utah State. Sorry. Merrill. 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 Thank you. I was going to go Sam Ellinger. A lot of E's, a lot of L's. But uh, Dylan Fry, poor man Sam Merrill. I can see him getting hot in this tournament. Plus, I referenced them earlier this year, so I got to be consistent. If they play Buffalo, though, they'll probably lose. 0-2 against Buffalo uh, this year, but I'm going to go with the Bowling Green. I'm going Akron, coached by former Illini coach Jim Croce, who we've brought up a few times here. They got a good team this year. They're obviously the one seed, but they they are the cream of the back. I'm going a little out of left field here to a team that's actually playing right now as we are uh, recording this, and I'm going to go with the Golden Flashes from Kent State. Uh, if you look at, I believe the MAC is one of only like two conferences that's that does the two sides of the uh, standings. Um, and they are down. They've got, I think they're like the seventh seed. Just have a good feeling about, about them. I don't really have much of a reason other than to say that you just got to take a flyer sometime like I did on Hampton. This is my similar pick uh, here in Kent State. Let's move on then to the MEAC. I'm going North Carolina Central for one man and one man only. You don't bet against Lavelle Moten and his candy apple red suits, baby. Lavelle Moten, North Carolina Central. Book it. I'm going Norfolk State. Couldn't tell you one reason why, but I love it. Well, I'll give you a reason. That's because Taylor picked them. So I'll roll with you on that one, Stark. Is that why your name is Kyle O'Quinn right now in this in this video chat? It is, yes. I also think that whoever wins the MIAC is going to be the 68th team in the tournament. I think they are probably the worst of any of the uh, conferences. Yeah, they're going to get sent to absolute slaughter. Uh, Pac-12, next. Kind of the same logic that I'm applying with Louisville. I was on Colorado at the the beginning of the year. I really don't think – I mean, outside of Oregon, obviously, but uh, I'm not taking the favorite in the Pac-12 here. Too much has gone wrong over the entire course of the year. I'm going with Colorado. Uh, Like I said, it's easy to take Oregon, but outside of them, everyone is definitely beatable. Uh, Give me McKinley Wright. And then also the defensive player of the year in Tyler Bay. And then last but not least, down low, USDA premium choice beef, Evan Beatty, Buffaloes. I'm on the Ducks. Don't even need to explain why. I'm going to go, I'm going to be a homer and go with Arizona. Uh, Specifically, though, just like with a couple of the picks I've made, to get a team like Arizona as the fifth seed means a potential a lot of points when, you know, Oregon is clearly a better team, but the other teams to get to the final uh, aren't really discernibly better than they are as much as they are just fucking atrocious to watch and make me want to pull all of the remaining three hairs I have out of my head. But I'll go with Arizona. Kiss of, kiss of titch. Hopefully it works. Uh, SEC, I'm going Kentucky. It was either them or Auburn, and I simply cannot see Kentucky losing yet again to Auburn in a big-time game. They lost last year in the tournament. They lost earlier this year on the road in Auburn, uh, and I just straight-up think Kentucky's the best team. Hagen's being out, that's going to be huge, but uh, I do think Kentucky's going to end up hoisting the trophy there in Nashville. I'm going LSU. I've liked LSU all year. I like where they're sitting on the three line. I like the fact that they get to get matched up with Auburn on a neutral court. I like the fact that Florida, who I was thinking about, but Kerry Blackshear banged up, might be out for the tournament. And then Kentucky without Hagens, I think, is a concern as well. So I'm going to roll with my boy, Skylar Mays. 
Shark and I clearly compared notes before the show because those were my ex- same exact reasons to pick LSU. They get to avoid Kentucky all the way to the championship game. You get points for getting to the championship game. And Hagen's being, well, potentially being out is just a big question mark. So LSU. Jackson State out of the swack is the next one. I'm going Jackson State simply for snacks based off that story. March is all about stories, fellas. All right, you can't just watch college basketball 24-7. There needs to be some pregame shows, some halftime segments where you interview and get these great stories. I'm talking like Grant Hill sitting down with someone, Raftery sitting down with someone, Jim Spinarkle sitting down with someone. Jackson State, the snacks story continues. I thought we were still – I thought we had a, one before that, but in, in that conference, I'm going Prairie View A&M. I love Prairie View A&M. I put a little Prairie View A&M on my breakfast every morning. I'm riding them. So since 2020 is the year of accountability, Sue, if you would remember a couple, four or five years ago, I got abused. Shark thinks he's been in some Twitter beefs with college basketball fan bases before, but he's never been in the trenches like I was with the Southern University Jaguars fan base one day (laughs) during the NCAA tournament. I was just ambushed by 30, 40, 50, and Soup can vouch for this, uh, mentions from Southern Jaguar fans when uh, Gonzaga was the one seed and they almost lost to Southern. Uh, It was like a 69-66 type of game. And I referred to Southern University as, I believe it was the children of the poor or the sisters of the blind or one of those type of references. And I was scrolling through my Twitter feed And I'm like, huh, this is really weird. This is a lot of uh, Southern University tweets in a row on my timeline. And then I realized it was my mentions. And I had like 30 or 40 uh, haters in my my mentions there. Didn't they bring up something with the band too? Oh, yeah. It was like, I actually, I need to go rehash some of those or, you know, pull them back up just to see uh, what, what they were like. But I think Southern is a really interesting story because they don't have a single player that averages double figures. So <laughs> I love it though. Good pick. Good so pick. Let's go like, <laughs> New Mexico state, same way last year, little teaser for my pick though, this year. Oh, wow. Uh, it's not even a teaser at this point. We might, you're right though, shark. I did skip over one, but since you decided to drop that little nugget on, I, us, I think you've, I think you've skipped two, by the way. So I missed Southland and what? No, we that's it. The, yeah. Did we not do are, we the all, Big East? are we all on Stephen F. Buttermilk? Did I miss the Big East? Sorry. You did. We didn't Fucking do the Big East. Board, board didn't include the Big East. Uh, Someone's got to tell them that. All right. Well, get, get to what you're saying. We'll get back all to right. the Big East. All right. Yeah. Uh, Southland first, though. I'm going Stephen F. Austin. Any chance you can get SFA, you do it strictly based on Thomas Walkup's tourney success a few years ago, but also because they're legitimately good. And they actually went into Cameron and beat Duke. And I know a lot of people will say, well, that's what everyone will hang their hat on. You're absolutely right. If you're a mid-major team in the Southland or some random-ass conference and you go into Cameron and beat Duke, I'll, I'll hold that throughout the entire year and pick you to win your conference tournament. Until then, Stephen F. Buttermilk. Ten years from now, we'll be doing this somewhere, probably on CBS Sports Network, and we're going to be going through the Jerome, and I'm going to pick Stephen F. Buttermilk again. And the only logic is going to be because Thomas Walkup played there. He's going to have some type of connection with the team right there. Love that team. Yep. That's all I have. 
Well, I would also like to add that I've been all over Underwood this year, and Underwood basically made his name at SFA. So it's going to be a good year for both Underwood and SFA. Let's go to the Big East. All right. Big East. Didn't, did we not do the Big East? No, we didn't. Oh, fuck me. You guys start. I didn't really think about this. Shark, you got anyone? Seton Hall, three seed, too easy. Let's roll. I'm going to ride Marcus Howard until the fucking wheels fall off here. Marquette, get some, get some help. Dude. Give Jeez. it to me. Oh, you told me I picked the one seed and you tell me to go out on a limb. I go out on a limb. You tell me to get some help. Come on, man. God. Marquette, though? My yeah. own. They, they really haven't shown us one iota of what they should be doing. Hey, you never know. March Matt, that's anyone say that about UConn a couple times over the course of the years? Not saying Marquette's going to win national championship, but do they have a lead guard who could take over a game and score 35 points in a tournament atmosphere? Yeah, yeah they're still going to lose. You just, you saying, just compared Marcus Howard to Kemba? And I, said, I, I, I didn't say they were going to win. the. T- okay, Marcus Howard's better yeah, than Baz Napier, first off. Secondly... No, He's not better than Kemba Walker, but it's not better than Shabazz, all man. I'm saying, all I'm saying is that they have a card, a guard that's capable of carrying the team. And even though they suck, I just need like three games out of them. So we'll see going out on a limb. Fuck. Well, hang on. <laughs> just pick Providence. Soon. No, I'm not going to fucking feed into these hyenas. No, fuck those that, guys. Actually. Fuck those guys. Oh no, I did. No, I, I, I didn't know who I was going to pick. Oh, shit, I did skip them. That's on me. I got it. I know it's on you, Sub. You're running the show here. Okay. Butler. Before the turn of the year, they were the hot commodity, fellas. Uh, Kamar Baldwin, game winner at Xavier. I still think that deep down in places they don't want to talk about, that top 10 team is there. That top 15 team is there. And I think uh, they were able to creep back into the standings or the rankings, excuse me. Of the major conferences, though, just as a general note, this is going to be the best tournament. Venue teams level of competition this right here is why the term theater was invented biggie's tournament uh it's been back for a little bit now and then we're gonna get uconn next year but i'm gonna go kamar baldwin and butler uh go ahead sir i i just hope that zagorowski's not hurt too bad for creighton i hope he can play it shades of the george and Niang foot injury from 14 I'm, I'm not just saying that because they're both white guys with scraggly beards um and well, i get i don't know if he's some, you know what I mean, but uh, such a good player, so efficient, shoots like 80% every game, lights out shooter, most important player on that team. I hope he's fine. Otherwise, Creighton could be in trouble in the tournament. So the other thing that makes this tournament the best is we get Gus Johnson the whole time as well. Um, actually, part of the reason I wanted to pick Marquette is because we get a, a Shark versus Damel, uh Seton Hall Marquette game to start us off here we just had one like two weeks ago they beat the pound beat the piss out of you like i'm just saying we got we i i'm i'm looking for theater within our podcast as well and we ha- we get a discussion to have and you can tap dance all over my grave potentially here if that's what happens but i'm just potentially giving the opportunity to do so good opportunities i, I love looking for those opportunities all right i haven't missed anything else right we just got to end with the whack yeah that's just it, right whack. All right, let's finish it up with the whack. I'm going New Mexico State. Does anyone ever like come out of this conference other than the Aggies? Every fucking year, it's New Mexico State, which I'm cool with. My boys, the Bular brothers, don't ever forget Sim Bular, and I think Samir Bular. I forget his other name, but Sim for sure. Uh, here's what's going to happen with the Aggies. They're going to win this conference tournament. 
We're going to see them as a 15 seed on a Friday, sometime around 2 p.m. They'll be down 10 after keeping it close and giving up a 6-0 run. The CBS commercial will take us back into the game, and the music will play. And at the mid, at half court, it's going to be the Aggie dancing or like lassoing something. That's exactly what we see every single year with New Mexico State. So I'm not even happy to pick them, but they're going to win the whack. It's New Mexico State. You should be happy to pick New Mexico State. I don't know if you guys know this, but I read the Washington Post and the Athletic. So I know what I'm talking about here. In the Post, Sunday column, John Feinstein previews, profiles, Chris Jans, the head coach of New Mexico State. Now, they haven't lost a game in conference all year. Jans, Google this guy. Because he coached Bowling Green for a while. He was a rising star, Greg Marshall tree, all that. He was coaching Bowling Green, and he got fired abruptly out of nowhere. And he got fired because he got caught on a video camera, uh, someone's phone pretty much grabbing a chick's ass in a bar, fired for that lewd behavior. Justifiably fired for that. But now he's in New Mexico State. And recall New Mexico State, when you think back to last year's tournament, they played Auburn in the first round, that same Auburn team that went to the Final Four, and they should have won. They should have won that game. They were fouled shooting a three-pointer with like less than a second remaining in the game. Auburn was winning by two, and the New Mexico State guy went to the free throw line, missed the first two, and that was the game. Auburn goes on to go to the Final Four from there. New Mexico State is dangerous. They've Everyone on their team is hurt, but they keep winning. Jans is holding them together. I read the Washington Post. You don't. Still going back to the well on that same joke. That's a joke you actually used to critique someone else. Jokeception. <laughs> Jokeception. Uh, there's no reason to pick against New Mexico State. I just want to point out they have some great names on their team, like Trevlin Queen and uh, also Tennessee Owens. Uh, my favorite is Shun Buchanan. So can't shun New Mexico State in this pick here. Let's go Aggies. I like that. All right. That is week two. Jerome picks. Enjoy it. We're just a few days. We're, what, six, seven days away from Selection Sunday. Uh, But that is, yes, week two, Jerome picks. And then let's go ahead and finish it up here with segments. Before we do that, Hofstra actually just won their semifinal matchup. They're one win away from getting back to the tournament for the first time, I think, since 2001. The only Hofstra alum I can think of is Speedy Claxton. That's about it. But a hug for Hofstra there. Uh, And before we get to segments here, let's get a quick message from our guy, Zach at the Barnburner Podcast Network. All right, let's finish it up here now. First of all, where am I? Where am I? Where am I? Shark, this is one of your all-time boys. Now, I teased this in our text earlier in the show. Do you want to take any guesses as to who this might be for where am I? I would automatically think someone that we can't see in a while. So I, I honestly have no clue. My Traditionally, my boys are Shimon Williams, Joe, uh, uh, Jerry McNamara, George Niang, you know, th- that sort of list. But I, I kind of know where those guys are right now. So the answer is Luke Hancock. I mean, is that not one of your boys? I would not put him on the list of my boys. Really? Just because, yeah. You, you, you didn't profile me too well on this. I re- appreciate him as a player. He was phenomenal in that championship run. Um but he's not on a list of my boys. I mean, I could tell you everything about him. George Mason beforehand, then he goes to Louisville, Rick Pitino's guy, critical scorer on that team, but not one of my boys, father. Well, I might have missed that then. But Luke Hancock, 
he is now a financial advisor with Clearpath Financial of Raymond James in Louisville. If you remember, he is the former Final Four MOP for Louisville in their championship run in 2013. He was most notably, now he's most notably involved with the nonprofit group Families for Effective Autism Treatment of Louisville. After playing in Greece, he started organizing basketball camps for children of aut- on the autism spectrum, which he has continued to do ever since. He's actually on the board of directors. So, I mean, he does have a cube job in terms of uh, him being a financial advisor, but I think highlighting his work with autistic children and what he's doing there is a lot more notable. So good work for Luke Hancock. Uh, he seems to be doing quite well there in Louisville, and he's definitely one of those guys that is – He's, he's going to get a meal and a drink for free wherever he goes in Louisville. Let's move on to hugs then. Shark, any hugs? Kerry Blackshear, feel terrible for him. I hope he's all right. Um, one of those guys, the most coveted grad transfer in the country in the offseason. Uh, didn't work out season-wise. He probably just wanted one potential taste of a Final Four after a great four-year college career at Virginia Tech, and it might be getting cut short. You never want to – because, I mean, let's be honest. like Guys like that, they're kind of just going to fade into oblivion. He's not going to play in the league. He's too slow. Um, but we're going to forget about him for a while, and he probably wanted this one last year to make a run at it, and it might not happen, and I hope it does. Hug. So my hug is going to be for me right now because Wright State is getting fucking smoked currently and that is not good for any of the predictions i've made throughout the entire year they're down uh 19 currently in the fire fi- in these uh semifinal game uh against uic so that's not good for me at all uh but the, my real hug is for uh F- florida state senior trent Forrest. he uh penned or wrote however you want to phrase it Uh, a pretty in-depth letter to the Florida State fan base about uh, his time at Florida State, how much it's meant to him. And uh, in my mind, it really encapsulates everything that, like, college basketball is supposed to be, college basketball fanhood is supposed to be, loving your school. You know, he said, Florida State is my second home, which is exactly how I feel about my alma mater and much of us do about the schools that we root for. So if you haven't read his letter, it was pretty awesome. Uh, He's had a uh, you know, he's had a, a good career at Florida State. He's not their all-time leading like anything, but he's just a guy that's been instrumental to, build, to building their program. So hug for Trent Forrest from Florida State. And that's all good and well, but that Wright State score is very troubling. Down 20 it's, now. I mean, it's troubling it's for me as well. I took Wright good. State also. Well, yeah, but you haven't been like pushing them since December. So that's wouldn't it be true. good to lose at the semifinal of their of their try? I literally already told, told you guys I was going to pick them in the first round, no matter who they played. So this is not good. Troubling times for Damel here. Yeah, that's true. All right. My hug is for Zeke Naji, freshman forward for Arizona. I know I rip on Arizona quite a bit, rightfully so. It's been a tumultuous season. Zeke Naji, though, renaissance man, plays the piano. Uh, I think he can sing a little bit as well. He actually won freshman of the year in the Pac-12, well-deserved in my opinion. It's been a very up-and-down season for the Cats, and in a recruiting class that featured Josh Green and Nico Mannion, two guys that are figured to go within the top 15 of the picks, uh, it was Zeke Naji who won Pac-12 freshman of the year. So good for Zeke. Hopefully he can bring it – because actually he was kind of terrible against uh, – he was kind of terrible against Washington on senior night. But Zeke, hug for you. Uh, and hug for us, fellas. We only got a week left, less than a week until Selection Sunday. Oh, just I can't wait to just plant myself on the couch for 
the next like three weeks in a row. Actually, Subi, you have officially like 10 years in a row taken the first two days of the tournament off. You have a different job title and, and office space now, let's call it. I won't dive too far, far into that, but what's your plan for the first two days of the tournament? Incredible. Consider, Go ahead. Considering gotta, your, your past, yeah. Well, I feel like we got to save this for next week. Oh, okay. Excuse me. Sorry, we were just Taylor. talking about getting into it. Okay, fine. Incredible primer there, Taylor, because on, okay. on Thursday's show, what I want to do is talk a little bracket etiquette, how to root, how to fill out, what you do during this time of year. Bracket etiquette, March Madness etiquette will be saved for the next episode. Until then, we appreciate you listening. Have a great rest of your week. We will see you next time here on Theater and College Hoops. Don't sleep on St. Mary's tonight. A little sexual frustration combined with lack of motivation and a loss of concentration. I got a strange disease. I can't concentrate on work. My libido's gone berserk. Now I'm sweating through my shirt. I got a strange disease. Two weeks ago, you said you'd never leave me. And here I am alone. And in this world, a reckless happenstance. What if good things have to go away and leave you with nothing? Yeah, you left me with nothing. Oh. A strange disease. Sensations Sit by your television stations And unaffected by locations I got a strange disease I can't seem to get to sleep I don't want nothing to eat Walking up and down your street I got a strange disease Two weeks ago